evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about horny islanders. Always have been, always will be. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have an excellent panel with me tonight. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, Alex, thanks for having me. I've done a lot of episodes and of this show, and I feel like it's finally time one of them got me on some sort of national registry. Uh... <laughs> So I feel like this is finally going to do this that. might be it, yeah. So thanks. Thanks I feel a like lot for that, pal. You and I have been doing this together long enough that maybe we're starting to go through puberty together. <laughs> I'm feeling like maybe we're going to be fighting, but it'll actually be about something else. We've seen a lot of movies and books on this show, and I thought finally I was going to find out how, why people get pregnant. But this movie never addressed that. They bring up the question, why did she get pregnant? But yeah. they never answered it. Uh, they also make it look real easy to give birth. Um, she was like a little annoyed, and that was it. Uh, more about that later. We'll come back to that. Uh, also, yeah, more about this to come. Uh, also joining us today at Matt Carmen on Twitter, and maybe because of the show, he will send his first tweet of 2017. <laughs> maybe it's Matt Carmen, yeah, uh, early adopter of Twitter, never user. <laughs> Got out yeah. when it's good. I like it. Yeah, it, I mean. I don't know if you've seen it since 2016 in October when you tweeted last, but this is it a totally great. new interface? Well, the interface, but also the Nazis and the there's a lot going on there. You won't, but, it's but not clean great. interface, the, right? The president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they they squared the edges instead of rounding the profile pictures, which I'm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the content doesn't matter to me so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're just there for the corners. Just kidding. Twitter's uh, terrible. Also joining us, a very special guest uh, from the Bonnie and Maud program, which is still available for download. Uh, and also, along with Matt, a co-founder of the zine I Love Bad Movies, which can still be found in some places. Please welcome back to the show, Ksenia Yarosh. <laughs> um, I don't tweet. I will never tweet. I'm good. Yeah. Do you do you lurk? Are you a lurker? Uh, no, I. Are you reading Twitter and not posting? Do you snap? Uh, Instagram is about as far as you I go. Instagram. You Instagram. Oh, you gram. Yeah, exactly. You gram it. Nice. Thank you for translating. <laughs> Insta. What do you say? I think people say gram, yeah. I'm, I'm just speaking to the millennials. You know, the for some kids. Hearing you say it makes me want to delete my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is episode number four hundred and three of the broadcast. We've now done as many episodes as the number of acres of Costa Rican jungle currently owned by Mel Gibson. Awesome. <laughs> that is true. It's a true fact. Uh, Gibson's property in Costa Rica is on the uh, Nicoya Peninsula and includes three villas on a hilltop that overlooks the Pacific Ocean. Each of the three villas has vaulted ceilings, a barbecue area, plus multiple verandas and balconies, and a pool in case you didn't want to walk all the way down to your giant private beach. The largest of the villas has seven bedrooms and eight bathrooms. The other two have are two bedroom floor plans. Listed currently on Christie's, the whole package for just twenty seven million dollars. But it's really the upkeep. Wait, is this a real estate podcast? Did I misunderstand? Yeah, are we joining in this commercial, or is this you solo? <laughs> it's <laughs> if you have twenty seven million dollars and are looking for a piece of Costa Rica, uh, this is a one way to get it. We don't get any benefit from this. This isn't like Amazon where we get a percentage of your pur- purchases. This is just the money goes straight to a person with bad opinions. <laughs> it's just, and then partially to Christie's. But a I, good eye for film composition. You know what I d- mean? Yeah, and he, in fact, he found this uh, piece of property while he was filming Apocalypto. Uh, okay. 
He also seems like things aren't going great because he's got a lot of property available for sale right now. You can buy his house in Malibu for just $17.5 million. And he wants $26 million for his mansion in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, that he's been trying to sell since 2014. So Yeah, he was just nominated for Best Director, so I guess things are probably going real tight for Old Mel right now. <laughs> oh, man, he's selling a lot of stuff. What's he, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't need this many houses. He just sold a four-bedroom yeah. in Sherman Oaks. I don't know. He's doing... Wow, you really took a oh, deep man, dive he, into also... researching his properties. <laughs> yeah. He was banking on maybe, being able to melt maybe... down that gold, but the Academy didn't come through for him. <laughs> I always assume that it's like a chocolate Easter bunny, like the inside is hollow. You know, sometimes you just have to look at like your 27-room villa and think, does this bring me happiness? <laughs> and if not, get rid of it, you know? Oh, man, that's a great, that was a great poll. We, are, we were uh, discussing, talking about that book in an upcoming episode. I have a friend who just went through, followed that whole system. Yeah. And threw out all of his stuff. So we might, Anthony, you might have to do this with me. <laughs> I my my uh, soon to be aunt in law I guess I don't know what to call her she did that recently and I think all this book really is is just like giving your friends your shit you don't want because we just ended up with a bunch of her stuff and it's oh, like oh it's... great now we're burdened with this it's like you were drowning so you threw your weight onto me like that's how I feel oh I like that yeah yeah uh, yeah the the joy of cluttering someone else's house yeah exactly. Anyway, so speaking of people doing weird sex shit on the beach, uh, <laughs> this week we're talking about The Blue Lagoon, the 1980 film starring Brooke Shields and Christopher Atkins, both naked. Ooh. Why are we doing that, you might ask? Because it's wet month. Happy wet Happy month, wet everybody. Happy wet month to you. Get, get wet, stay wet, and uh, all that. Uh, hey, no is... running. It's wet month. <laughs> That's very dangerous. That's a good yeah. point. Uh, we, I, this was from, so the Meat Buddies voted for this, which is how our whole wet month was selected. Um, I originally nominated it because I was just, do, I was just Googling wet movies and this Ooh, came on everybody's list. You don't have an office job. <laughs> yeah, so I know. That's, that's fine. No, I no, I do. This is from home. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's a good point. I'm used to just safe search off, Reddit, show all, I, I'll do anything. <laughs> this, this computer's for me. Uh, anyway, so this came up. People were really into this as a wet picture, and indeed it was. There's a lot of naked swimming. Um, although it's also sort of sun-drenched, you know? It's kind of interesting. Could be for dry month, too. <laughs> no? A lot of dualities in this film, right, Alex? <laughs> Sometimes I start talking and I don't like where I end up, but it's too late to get out, you know? So I just, like, I guess I live here now. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to force us to watch anything or to read anything, uh, you can go to uh, read-weep.com and you can sign up. Uh, you can become a meat buddy, and just a, a small donation will allow you to uh, help select topics, including coming up uh, for Sponstember. So uh, the whole month of September, we're going to be doing audience sponsorship. So get on the mailing list if you haven't already to find out when or become a meat buddy. You'll get early access to sponsorships. They're back. It's going to be very exciting. Now, Anthony, before we started the show, uh, I hid a number in an envelope. No, uh, before we started the show, you said you had a prism through which you wanted to view this. So I have a summary ready of Blue yeah. Lagoon. What prism do you want to offer? Okay, so I didn't like this movie very much. Uh, okay. I don't think it's the a very good movie. The prism is Anthony's but, disdain. But no, I do think, while I was watching it, I kept getting this weird feeling and noticing this stuff. And I did a bunch of research, and I don't know anyone else who has uh, viewed the movie like this, but I think that there's a deeper level to this movie that people aren't <laughs> talking about. Uh -huh. And it's all there in the text. 
Okay. Right? But what I want to do, when you give the summary for the movie, I want you to keep in mind that this movie is not the story of two shipwrecked children who go through puberty and learn about their bodies and sexuality. This is the story of a demonic spirit entity who's trapped on an island <laughs> who brings two children there in order to tempt them with the flesh into making a pact with him so that uh-huh. they will create a vessel for him to go and destroy the world with. Uh, That's what wait, this is that movie the child? is about. The child, yes. Uh... The poisonous murder child at the end of this movie <laughs> is a demonic monster. And this, this movie is lost. This movie is the premise sure. of Lost. A yeah. monster is stuck on an island is trying to get off. And when we go through the summary, I want you to keep that in mind. Because cool. there's a lot of weird shit in this movie. And the only way it makes sense is if there's like, this is the prequel to The Omen. I have a, a, a countervailing theory that I want you to keep. So here's what I want you to do. Here, I'm going to give you my prism. And then, uh, Matt, <laughs> you guys are you going prism, to exchange prisms? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> It's Prism Month. It is. We're in love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I think is anyone else, you can also offer Prism if you have one. But here's what I want is I want at the end for people who are listening to decide which Prism was correct. Because here's my theory that this movie was created by a guy who really wanted to have sex with his cousin but wasn't allowed to. Shit, that was my Prism. (laughs) And and I think he did this whole thing uh, as the premise was, okay, but in this situation it's totally okay, right? (laughs) <laughs> and that's what this was was like trying to write in what situation it would be totally fine to to bone your first cousin i mean there are much less co- i i kind of like that idea because there's a lot of effort he went into like there are stories that have cousin boning and much less dramaticness you know sure yeah 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 um but he wanted uh, an arrested development reason yeah, it kind of, but it feels like it feels like he was like he like maybe even like propositioned his cousin, and she was like, "No, gross." And then he was like, "Okay, but what if we were shipwrecked <laughs> on an island?" <laughs> and then that, and he was like, "Actually, that sounds like a fun movie." Uh, all right, do you guys have a prism, Matt? Hmm. I this is there was no prep time for this. So I didn't know we were going to be doing prisms today. This is a new feature on the podcast. Let's see. I guess uh, my prism is that each grain of sand is a love that has come before or a love that will come (laughs) in the future. Uh, And so this is just one love in time. And uh, we all surround this couple and uh, embrace them and they embrace us and we get into their parts. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Until that last part, I thought this was just like a wedding ceremony for non-religious people. It was, people, but and now... then I threw in that last line, but the rest of it was our vows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. was <it> really? <laughs> that is lovely, except for the, we all get in your parts now. Yeah, that was for the reception. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Sonia, do you have a... Uh, uh, I'm... Your prism could just be like now a rainbow where once there was only white light. <laughs> Thank you. Typical um, prism stuff. So, yeah. Prism joke. I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of partial to your prism. I, I think that makes a lot of oh, sense. Okay. Yeah, Randall okay. Kleiser had some, so, some sort of cousin thing going. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to assume. Well, so, okay. So let, now let's tell for people who haven't seen The Blue Lagoon. I don't know how you missed it. Um, or did not uh, watch the... Um, lifetime channel remake uh from much later there's also a sequel i don't know if you guys know this there's a sequel where the kid lives and the parents mm-hmm. don't 
and then the kid gets struck at the, st- the baby gets stuck on an island again which is like yeah oh, apparently honest. that's um, that's actually accurate with the book like it matches like oh, the really? book ends on this kind of cliffhanger where like oh they're just sleeping and then the next one picks up with oh no they're dead <laughs> except oh, for God. the baby yeah okay well, so here's the Blue Lagoon. So the uh, it, it's it's basically a tropical will they or of course they will. <laughs> and it's set in the early Victorian period. Two young child cousins and a pervy ship's captain are shipwrecked in the South Pacific. They accidentally end up on this beautiful island can, where... Can, can I just interrupt you real fast? I yeah, feel like always... you, need to, you need to introduce they're on a ship that is surrounded in a supernatural fog... And the ship magically catches fire by itself after the children were drawn by pornography into the cook's cabin. Okay? Well, it's just the point coming off their loins that starts the fire. Yeah, so, like, okay, the the cooks banks the children. The first thing, violent sacrifice of the movie. And that's what causes the fire. You call that a sacrifice? I feel like only things are gained from that. Magic gets small. Okay, so it's small, it gets big through this movie. But... The, just I, from the beginning, there are some supernatural forces at work. The way they get lost in the fog, isolated, end up at this weird island by itself. All right, think about it. Spooky setup, right? Continue, Alex. Good, good point. Good point. Okay, so then anyway, the kids and the pervy ship's cat or the uh, cook all end up on this beautiful island that has everything they could want: fresh water, bananas, a water slide, enough run f- rum for Cookie to drink himself to death. <laughs> it's a great place. Also, the island is inhabited already, like most places, by a a tribe that conducts human sacrifices and plays drums at all hours of the night. It is not a great neighborhood. Uh, So Cookie does. He takes his rum, drinks himself to death, gets out of the way so that the kids can finish gentrifying the island by themselves. (laughs) They build build a beautiful two-story bungalow. And learn how to cook mahi-mahi and other island fish. Um, there's a beautiful bounty on this island. Like that, At no point is there a part of the story that is the kids were hungry. Um, the, and also, the weather stays nice. There's like one rainstorm, and it's only when they're fighting. Um, the only difficulty on the island is puberty. Because these children grow into Christopher Atkins and Brooke Shields. And like most teens... They have bad attitudes and want to have sex without knowing how or why. <laughs> Otherwise, though, everything's pretty great. So that's really the whole thing is them like, we're fighting, but it's actually just because we want to have sex. We don't know what sex is like. And if we kiss, we'll be like really angry. Uh, anyway, but they do because eventually that's the whole point is they, 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 they hook up. Uh, but because they didn't go to school, they get super pregnant. Didn't know what to do. So she has a baby really easily and everything is fine. Anthony's On the all... night that a human sacrifice is performed, True. aka giving him the power to rise. Right, and I guess I, we should say also to your uh, to help you out, I should, to add to your prism, there is an idol on the island, an a large altar, yes. an altar, a stone idol, and um, it presumably belongs to the inhabitants, but they pray Christian prayers to it, but they don't know all the words. Our Father. Lord in heaven, kingdom 
It's not the words. It's the meaning that has power in it, Alex. True, true. Right? For it's sure, true. Intent. I just mean like, I guess Christian God's not going to be stoked yeah. about that, that you're praying well, the wrong words to a pagan idol. Christian um, God abandoned these children a long time ago. <laughs> 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 right? That's not what this story's about. Okay, so they're having a good life. They give, have birth, they give birth. They seem like they're pretty good parents. A couple years later, a comedy of errors happens on a rowboat. And it ends up with the whole family on a boat with no oars, surrounded by sharks, and the baby is eating suicide berries. <laughs> Why did the berry, baby bring oh, suicide God. berries on the boat? Unclear. He knew they wouldn't kill him, but they would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I want to just back it up a little bit. There's a few yes. things. Okay, there's a scene. All right, so first thing, first night they're on, uh, the captain is drawn by the drums to the altar. Sees the, the, the cook, evil. not a captain, Rec- cook, cook, but yes recognizes it, tells the children to never go there. The island kills him because of yes. that. Yes. Right, sure. Years later, she's driven. Also alcoholism. The yes. He the island has its ways. It used alcoholism. <laughs> so Just to be clear, there is a barrel of rum of yes. unknown origin on the island. And because the kids aren't very smart, they're like, Cookie gets so silly when he <laughs> drinks his weird water. Yeah, yeah they're very dumb children. But <laughs> So she gets brought to the altar by the drums. That night has a vision when she has visions of blood and death and uh, destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, they get in a fight. She gets cut and is dying. He takes her to the altar, right, to heal her, and it True. does. They make a pact with this monster at this point, but they're unaware of it. Okay, and then there's some stuff in the end of the movie, especially. Okay, there's two scenes yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to talk about. One, the the scene when. They're about to get rescued by Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Looking like Einstein <laughs> at this he, point. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't because, right, because he sees them, but the baby knows that he has to keep them there. So what does he do? He takes them to the mud, and they are literally baptized in mud. They become <laughs> part of the island. When he says that's not them, he doesn't mean that's not them. He means they're gone. They're someone else. They're the islands <laughs> now, okay? To be clear, and, they're playing with mud with the baby when Mr. Feeney shows up. And Mr. Feeney does not recognize his children from 15 years ago because he thinks those people are too muddy. They're not my kids. I think uh, I think he really knows it's lackluster them, search he method. Thinks, I'm a circle back. I don't want those people touching my boat right now. I'll be back in maybe like a year and a half. Give them time to clean up. I don't have a mud room. I want them to clean yeah, off. It's a one room boat. But yeah, that's fair. But the scene that lynches it is the finale. Right? They go to the original island. The parents get separated. The baby literally just goes and picks up poison and sneakily pits it in the ship. Yeah. Then him and his mom get in there. She just falls asleep no, for no reason. Let me tell you the reason. He put a spell on her. <laughs> put it asleep. Right? She wakes up. One of the oars is already out of the boat. How did it get out of the boat? The baby tossed it out of the boat. He right. set a trap. <laughs> he knew this would happen. Right? The shark at the end isn't just a random shark. That's the island, the ocean, trying to keep the monster on the island. That sure. sacrifice has to happen, but the baby's too strong at this point. <laughs> and he gets he, he uses his power to get his parents on and then tricks them into taking one final sacrifice, fully powering him up where he's found and then he takes over the world and we all die because of these two kids. In That's the what the Blue, Blue Lagoon's about, wow. yeah. I just want to be clear for people at home who are trying to evaluate prisms. I just want to be clear that some of the things Anthony's saying are not strictly textual. Everything I just said was textual. All of those things happened. <laughs> I think some of those things. Uh, we need to view well, the so word describe... textual through a prism. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, yeah, this is the modern life. I do want to be clear about this thing on the rowboat, though, because this is so good. So there's a happy family, two dumb adults now and one baby. And they, uh, teenagers still probably, but they, so mom and the baby are in a rowboat that they have still from the shipwreck. She goes to sleep. Baby throws one of the oars away, as Anthony said. She wakes up. She's like, oh, we'll get the oar back. But there's a shark. No, wait. No, no, no. She calls for uh, husband's help. Uh, So husband cousin comes swimming out to the boat. There's a shark behind him. He, in order to save his life, she throws the other oar at him. He at the shark. He climbs on the boat. So now there's shark, no oars, whole family on a boat, and they're like, "Let's try to paddle towards the shore." And they give up very quickly. <laughs> and then the tide takes them away into the deep sea, so they can no longer. Even though they're like professional swimmers at this point, none of them bother to swim back. Um, but it is it's just a ridiculous set of things where they end up alone in this boat and like, well, I guess we're going to die here. Oh, why is our baby eating suicide berries? Why was that the only then, thing they brought in the boat? Yeah, the only, let's pack for a picnic. You grab the suicide berries, I'll grab nothing else. <laughs> they, they did it. The baby put them in the boat. They show it. He walks over and grabs yeah, yeah. them when the mom's not looking. Why would he do that unless he was an evil baby? I or mean, interested in the evil, sweet berry juice. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> no, that's a good meta you, statement about this movie, I think. Would you suggest also that all babies, if left to their own devices, would eat things that kill them? Yes, I, I saw that <laughs> earlier today Raising at the Raising a child is 99% <laughs> trying to keep them from killing themselves, 1% keeping them from killing you. <laughs> and then also love? That's 0.1% rounded down. a rounding error of love i don't know i think the baby just wanted that sweet berry flavored death he's just attracted to it because of the bright colors and the delicious juices Mm -hmm. anyway so just as he's they're all they're all oh so the baby eats the poison berries and they're like pissed off uh they're like oh no our baby and so they decide well look we're stuck in this boat with our now crying presumably dead baby so they all they or the the two parents split the remaining poison berries because he brought a lot um, and then they each eat a handful of poison berries and ju- and then M- Mr. McFeeney shows up, sees them on board. He's been still puttering around. It's like 15 years of just him sailing around aimlessly in the, su- in the South Pacific, hoping to bump into them. Luck would have it does find them, but right after the poison berries and then he's, and then he finds them and is like, are they dead? No, sir. They're asleep. He is not a medical professional. Would like to point that out. Yeah, since the next book starts with them being dead, I suggest I would I would offer that maybe they are dead. Uh, but yeah, he says they're not sleeping and just sleeping. End of the movie. That's the movie. It's like an inverse Ian Malcolm situation. It's probably a great reference for somebody out there. <laughs> well, he died in the beginning. Of, he died at the end of the first Jurassic Park book, but because he was so popular in the movie, he just shows up alive in the first scene mm. of the second book. Mm. Oh. It's just like a really weird continuity error that's like, Wait, yeah, he, I'm alive. So what? He dies. This is Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he dies off screen in the first book. They say uh, he's dead. Very in, few in the people survive in, the book. No, in the book. Very few characters survive the book. Yeah. And then in the Very few sequel, readers survived. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the sequel, they just bring him back. Yeah, Michael Crichton just brought him back because Jeff Goldblum was so good in the role. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really funny, I think. Just like, nah, he's he's not dead. I changed that. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the advantages to having them die off screen is yeah. you still have a lot. He to... got better between movies. <laughs> between uh, 
Wow. Okay. So anyway, so that's the book. Uh, so let's do our compliments now. Anthony, I'm going to have you go first in our compliment round. We start and end every show with a compliment. It's called The Compliment Sandwich. This is our major one. So Anthony, what's your major compliment for um, The Blue you, Lagoon? You know, I like uh, movies that make me feel things, uh, you know, that I wasn't expecting to feel. Uh, sure. And going into this, you, I haven't felt since I was very young. Do you remember like when you were watching movies when you, with your parents or like an adult and a weird scene came on, no matter what it was, and you were like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I wish I wasn't watching this with someone. Yeah, embarrassment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I felt that watching this with my fiance, and she felt it too. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't felt – we were talking about this last night, how neither of us have felt that feeling as adults in like 12 years. Interesting. And that movie brought this back. There was just sequences when we were just looking at each other like, this is kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I wish I wasn't seeing this much naked kid right now tonight. I didn't need that. Oh, man, uh, I wish I'd watched this with another person because I watched it at work, you know? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's where I just can look at anything. I just watched it and I was like, well, this is like an average amount of nudity for my computer at this time of day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt nothing. How, I like, wish I'd felt that. It's just like they're supposed to be like fourteen in the movie. It's just it's weird. It's just a I I didn't oh. like, and like I went in ex- thinking I knew what this movie was from I Love the Eighties on VH1 because they talked about it then. Uh, so I was just very surprised at how kind of nonsensical a lot of it was, and like the weird quasi supernatural elements that don't lead to anything unless they lead to everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, Feels like you don't even believe your own prism. Well, it's like why else would those like the tribal people be there? Casual racism? I hope yeah. not. That's I mean, that's ex- it. it was 1980. That's that exactly why yeah, they were there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you, hey, man, the uh, the author is dead. Right? You can be whatever you want it to be. I didn't want it to be that. I wanted to be kind of like a weird. Lost. Wait, we can't interpret art until we've killed the artist. <laughs> <laughs> That is what Anthony is advocating, and not for the first time. I mean, it's certainly not worth anything while they're alive, right? That's true. This movie is worth way um, more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a great compliment, Anthony, I think. Ksenia, uh, you're up next. What's your major compliment? Um, I mean, it's just such an accurate portrayal of what it's like to be a woman, um, you know, whenever I get my period, my hands are just covered in blood and I'm screaming at Matt, don't look at me, don't look at me. Oh, I'm not looking at all, definitely. <laughs> uh, you know, in the, well, in the pregnancy. Are you also you just, in a like, pool of light in the moon? Um, even on an island, you know, your husband is telling you that you're getting fat. Uh, <laughs> even without Cosmo magazines telling you what you should look like. And uh, yeah, and then when you finally give birth, it's just like, you know, you lean against a tree and the baby comes out and you every- grunt twice everything's cool grunt grunt plop plop yeah. yeah i don't the the cord was very unimportant i guess yeah, they, they, just, they never bothered just... to cut that and then when she started breastfeeding like she sort of pressed the baby against her shoulder somewhere i don't i mean i don't know where her nipples are because they were covered with hair <laughs> the rest of the film yeah, right. but um yeah as long as you've got skin to skin you're good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked because they were like they're dumb kids, right? So they're like, I don't know why I'm getting fat, or she he says you're fat, and she's like, I don't know what's going on, and then uh, and they don't understand the periods, and then also they don't understand how breastfeeding works. So they were like, Well, we have a baby. Does it like fruit? <laughs> <laughs> 
just really dumb. It's fun. That feels like if this was done as a comedy, which it wasn't, that's the running joke is uh, how dumb they are. Because like them saying the, the prayer wrong really made me laugh. And I yeah. don't think it was supposed to be funny so much. I think it but was. It was great. I, Maybe lightly funny. Yeah. I Yeah, they're just super dumb. Uh, I'm going to say, I guess my compliment is for uh, for the nudity. Because I don't have anyone here during the day besides me, and um, usually it's just—I uh, guess it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great to share that with uh, Brooke Shields, um, but I. Uh, uh, oh, here's this, this. This is what inspired this. There was a quote in the Wikipedia article about this. The 1980 version of the film was true to the spirit of the book. It included much more nudity and sex scenes than the 1949 version, though far less nudity and sexual activity than the book. So this is what I like about this movie is the Goldilocks of nudity. <laughs> Just <laughs> right down the middle where you want it. Not too much, not too little. Uh, I can't imagine what the book is like then because there was so much of that. Have you read, like I skimmed the Wikipedia page, like the, the, the guy who wrote the, the books like 20 years later turned it into a weird trilogy. Uh, and it's not what like this movie is based off the sequel, but it like it involves him like coming back to the island, but he ends up like warring with the tribe next door and becoming their god king. Yeah. What? And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the the actual novel sequels are so batshit. Just from skimming the Wikipedia pages, they, they get so insane. Um, wow. Yeah, they involve the son going and like becoming like war like a warring tribesman on these island and he like takes weird at the end of the second one and then the third one is him as the king of these people that is a strange turn for a romance novel about first cousins yeah i mean sometimes you gotta you know really spice up the sequel what are you gonna do it was 15 years later so it feels like maybe he tried to write other things and then was like no it's not gonna work i'll go back like like uh like the like chuck polinick writing fight club sequel 15 years later (laughs) It's like I tried to be famous for other things. I'm back. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh Matt, that leaves you. What's your major compliment? Uh well, we just went on only our second family vacation with our son, who is two. Uh oh. and I think that uh this was a pretty accurate portrayal of what it's like to go on a vacation with a baby. Um, were you guys naked the whole time you're you're struggling to put clothes on when you can you're struggling to find interesting <laughs> activities for the child uh, eventually find... <laughs> you just cover yourself and the child with mud yeah just whatever hay or yeah. hair you might have uh, struggling to find food <laughs> that won't murder all of you in a boat um, yeah it was a really relaxing time <laughs> yeah I mean presumably yeah you, you also taught him to fish uh, right? I mean, he threw spears at us, but if he had aimed them at fish, <laughs> it would have been really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, we dunked him yeah, in the water also... a couple times, and I don't know, he wasn't really swimming. I was blown away by the baby dunking scene. I didn't know you could do that. I've spent every bath time <laughs> keeping that from happening, and then all of a sudden, Brooke Shields is just drowning a baby, and it's fine. I didn't know that was possible i mean this, i knew that so nirvana this, what, the, was you, a band but i didn't know that you could put other babies underwater there is a scene of this baby swimming that looks very nirvana like yeah it's uh, very much like that but yeah uh this actually sounds like this is like a sub compliment to your compliment but this one sounds real you did learn that babies can handle more water i legitimately than you think. learned this that at least this one baby possibly through <laughs> demonic powers 
is able to yes. survive being dunked underwater for extended periods of time. Okay, so let's do a little feels dump here. So I know Anthony said very early on, did not care for it. Partially because he was embarrassed. Well, unless you... Right, well, right, right. unless you prism it properly, yes, he did not but, enjoy okay. it. Uh, any of you go in with me on this? Do you see what I'm saying what this movie could be? I love it. I just feel like this is actually about the original author wanting to have sex with his cousin. I just well, like my yeah. prism better still. Of course, I just think there's a lot of stuff to support my theory. <laughs> sure, yeah, you do think that. That's sure. why it's your theory. In the way that there's a lot of stuff to support the one Pixar universe theory. But I'm going to yeah, go with exactly. wanting to fuck his cousin. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Ditto. Nice. Sorry, Anthony. So the answer is no. No one's going with you. I'm sure some people at home are going with you. That's normally how these things work. <laughs> I hope so. I'm trying to warn them about the coming apocalypse. <laughs> uh, so uh, so you, you didn't care for it. Matt and Ksenia, what, how did you guys feel? I, I, I liked it. it I, I mean, I, I saw this as a kid, actually. <laughs> Um, <laughs> explained a lot. How old? <laughs> I love swimming naked. Um, it, I, yeah, we didn't mention this, but you two are related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been born on the same earth. Um, I thought it was really beautiful and kind of relaxing. I I kept anticipating that something terrible would happen. Um, you know, and it really didn't until they suddenly died not. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Or did they? Yeah, I I think relaxing is a great word for this because it was real slow and not much happens besides them being naked. And it was mostly just like about how easy and fun it is to live on an totally. island as a kid. Yeah, the movie yeah. itself was so on kind of island been... time. That's you why see... everything just took so long. Yeah. <laughs> you see a ton of like nature documentary like shots of like crabs yeah. and fish and um, just... It's kind of gorgeous. Yeah, and yeah. According to Wikipedia, they they filmed it on a bunch of different loca- tropical locations, and and you get a nice like a, a tour of all of them, mm-hmm. just like a, a sample platter of different nice island locations. No credit for any of these locations, but you know it's the exposure that really counts. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was in, in the eighties before uh, the the union really had its. I don't know the island union. Mm. I'm trying to. Nope. Anyway. It's called an uh, archipelago. <laughs> That's what you would call it. Um uh yeah, so I, I I did I thought it was nice and yeah, kind of like just as long as you're not expecting too much, it's fine. But I certainly didn't hate it. I I it was just like yeah, and nothing bad it kept feeling like something bad was gonna happen. But even like she stepped on a fish and then she thought she might die is like just an excuse for them to stop fighting so they can have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We and we looked nobody up- dies. Like online, it actually talked about how if you step on a rockfish, you die within a few hours. Like you become oh, paralyzed, really? and hmm. if if untreated, oh, it's, so... it's much more serious than they showed uh, happening to her. Oh, that's so interesting. May, or maybe they showed exactly how serious it was, and something <laughs> intervened and saved them. <laughs> Again, this movie makes no sense unless you look at it my way. I. It's, it's so, I'm so glad you said that that's what happens because I have assumed you stepped on a rockfish and what happened was you crushed a fish. I did not realize that it would actually hurt you. I just I was like, she's so much bigger than that fish. Why did that hurt her? There are many things in the ocean that can hurt you terribly. 
I I agree with that. I just didn't know that fish was one of them. I just thought most f- fish are squishy. Right? Uh, it's called a rock oh, fish, so I'm going to guess no. <laughs> you think it's more rock-like? Yeah. I thought that was more of a color scheme. I Okay, so I, I guess now I'm sounding like the idiot who was abandoned on an island when I was five and didn't read any books, but I did not know rockfish were dangerous. But now yeah. I did. We've all learned something we today. Rock my lobsters, point. totally okay. <laughs> rockfish, not so much. You're better off than before you met the rock lobster. Yeah. Anyway, uh, was there anything... Uh, was there anything that stuck out to you, Anthony, as especially bad then? Like, besides, so assuming your prism is wrong, let's go with my prism. Yeah. Um, was, what was the thing that, like, annoyed you the most? Uh, it's, it's literally, like, the fuck is the point of any of the, like, any of the, like, unnecessary stuff around the island then? Like, how, like, the, the way, like, there's this weird tribe that's there just to be, like, this other and keep them on, like, one location. It seems like, well, we don't, we don't want to pay for a bunch of beaches. So let's just create some scary quasi-racist thing to keep them here. Like, oh yeah, yeah. What, I don't even the... see how that affects. They could have just said there's no tribe, and it's just the other side of the beach is like cliffs. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. I, you're definitely right about that. Like, that part. What's the point of any of these weird subplots, like there's stuff that I think like either make the movie that's like, like I like the movie about like kids coming of age and the way like she matures first, and he's just completely oblivious, and then like you literally see the scene when it like. Holy shit! He goes through puberty on screen, essentially, and like yeah, you just see him at jerking like, off on a rock out in the yeah. middle of the ocean. <laughs> like, like I kind of like that movie. It's it's this whole other like, what the fuck? You're just killing time. You're just stretching out runtime with unnecessary stuff that seems like it's setting up for something supernatural. I mean, maybe that's why I ended where I did with it because I was just kept thinking like, okay, this has to be going somewhere, right? And it doesn't. And there's these weird coincidences when there's literally a guy sacrificed on the night the baby immediately before the baby is born. And like that's not relevant in anything at all. I thought that the sacrifice scared her into birthing. She was on the other side. She didn't didn't see see it. it. She didn't even know it happened until he knew it happened. She had no idea. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. It's literally, it seems like a cause and effect type of thing, though. Like, that's the thing when it's like, it didn't go supernatural in any way. I was like, oh, well, it's just a dumb story about dumb idiots dying on an island. Cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is, but I, it's a beautiful romantic story like, along the way. I don't know. It would be like if Castaway ended with Tom Hanks just hanging himself and he never got <laughs> off the island. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like if, it just, if it just ended with him hanging off that cliff and Wilson just rolling on a beach somewhere, right? That's what this movie felt like to me. It just... And then in the sequel, he's still dead, but Wilson is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I guess the thing that, like, uh, is, it's, I mean, I feel like the thing with the, the other tribe makes no sense, except that it was a book written in 1925 in England. And I feel like the way British people in 1925 were is they assumed every island had cannibals on it. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a Pacific island. There's got to be cannibal. Like that, it felt like that was almost like disc- like there are ferns here. I, it's just, we're dumb, and that's what we think. The existence of the tribe raises a lot of questions. Like, how big is the island? Uh, does the tribe live on the island, or do they live is elsewhere? There two islands and travel to the island for their ceremonies. But if they live on the island, mm. how have they had no other interactions over this time? 
Yeah, that kid's playing that pan flute all the time. Yeah. You would have heard that by now. That's a siren song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it... the fact that they never see each other is very strange. Unless, again, they know the kids are on the <laughs> island and they're working for the deity. Thus, they're never actually in danger for them, right? They're just guiding them, you know? So that's interesting. So if they knew the kids were on the island then because of this deity, they're almost sort of like uh, Truman showing the kids, like letting them continue <laughs> and make them think they're okay. Do and they their do this over their and own. over and over with new kids every, like, 15 years? Every... <laughs> Clearly, because there are two more yeah. movies. Yeah. Where yeah. And there's also... There's a bunch of dead people on the island already at the beginning that they yeah. skip over. Yeah. Like, there's like a history to it. Like, that's the thing. Is like, I was expecting like, um, like, because I thought this movie was like, uh, just like kids fucking on a beach, right? And they introduce these weird elements. I kept being like, is King Kong gonna show up in the last act? Is <laughs> are they on Skull Island? What the fuck is happening? Here's here? the thing, though, Anthony. I told you this is a movie about kids fucking on a beach, and yeah, I was but- right. You just kept assuming it was more than that. Because that's on. That feels like it's like, on you. Yeah, the movie. I like, set your expectations you? perfectly, and it didn't help. If yeah. I had said this is a supernatural movie, you'd be like on edge the whole time, waiting for it to happen. But I was like, don't, don't think of it any other way. This is just kids on a beach finding out about their own bodies. Alex, together. I'm, I'm still pissed about the time you told me that there would be wizards in The Godfather. <laughs> watch that movie three times. I never saw him. There are. You're not seeing him. <sighs> All right, I'll watch he's it again. Talking about, he's talking about Merlin Brando's performance. Merlin Brando? Snicks, haters. And I made myself so easy to love. Yeah. Yeah. How much they hate. Take a second, you guys, now to thank our Meat Buddies for this week, our uh, generous sponsors who keep the show going. Uh, we have three Meat Buddies to thank today, and so all three of them have submitted for us, as you guys know, because you've been listening to the show recently. They submitted the game of Two Truths and a Lie. So I'm going to read you Two Truths and a Lie from each of our new Meat Buddies, and you guys are going to guess which one is the lie. Fun twist, I don't know either. So Ooh. I'm going to play along, and we won't have any answers at the end. It's a very unsatisfying <laughs> segment. First up, a big thank you to Layla from Baltimore, uh, who sponsored this week. Uh, so here are two truths and a lie, or possibly three truths, from Layla. I've flown on. I've flown a plane. I've been left behind by a cruise ship. I've been drunk in a Turkish palace. Hmm. Two truths and a lie. Layla from Baltimore, generous sponsor of the show, allowing us to continue because of her financial support. Which of these is a lie? Hmm. Or let's. How about this? Which of these applies to you? Did she say Turkish palace or Turkish prison? Palace. Turkish palace, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like she was probably late to the cruise ship because she was drinking at the palace, and then she had to, like, <laughs> grab a plane and, like, catch up to the cruise you ship. You think not only are all three of these true, they happened in the same day. <laughs> this, was, uh, this is from the journal Layla sent me called Layla's Busy Afternoon. <laughs> I have been left behind by a cruise ship before. Uh, so that is the one that I feel is clearly true that because seems, I, yeah, that's a big fear of mine, uh, which is why I mean it's one of eighty reasons why I won't take a cruise. But yeah, I'm going to go with that. That seems the most likely. I mean, I think the way you do that is not through some sort of magic. It's like you be late to the cruise ship. Yeah, it seems like mostly what you have to do. So that's true. The other and, ones and, have like require some money Turkish or finagling. Is, is uh, very specific. Uh, so yeah. I, I think that's probably true. 
Yeah, that I mean that would be a great lie. This is what I want. When people play Two Sisters and a Lie, I want you to get me to believe a really ridiculous thing <laughs> because of how great your like how ridiculous your truths are that your lie can be insane. And so like uh I want the Turkish palace to be a lie cuz I want them to I want her to be really getting me. Anthony, what do you think's the lie? Um I I'm gonna have to say, like, I would think it's the flying the plane thing is what like is holding me up, right? Because it's like, is that one of those things that is technically true? Because maybe she like knows someone who has a plane and like controlled it for a second, or you know what I mean? Like maybe it's one of those like half truths that makes it. Oh, true, like you know? you're in the like you both have yeah. a stick and the the pilot's like you can drive for a second and then you yeah, grab the stick again. Something like that. Um so that's the one I was thinking because it's just so odd. Like it can't be one of those half truths that makes it true. Mm, yeah. um, so I'm gonna say that, and mm. I'm gonna go with uh, the left behind as a cruise ship uh, as a lie because to me it's it's sandwiched between two extremes that it seems like this is how I'm gonna trick them with something mm. like oh silly me I got left behind a cruise ship that like the other two you have to be proactive in doing right. <laughs> I mean, it depends. I guess if you were at the Turkish palace and they just kept giving you drinks, there could be some passivity there. Yeah, but I like to think, you know, she's going to the Turkish palace, knows you got a pregame a little bit. (laughs) Well, that's Uh, true. She did say, I've been drunk, not I got drunk in a Turkish palace. Mm. So that's why I think, like, those two seem like, Mm. you know, she seems like a go-getter. So I think that's what the the two on the end are real. And the the cruise ship thing, I, I think, is the lie. I I like that. I like this is another good. It's also a good list because if assuming two of them are true, as was instructed, then uh, Layla lives a pretty exciting life. She's she travels. She gets out there. Clarification is Turkish Palace. Maybe the name of like a chain restaurant on the West Coast or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been in drunk Baltimore, in a bunch so I guess you could check. <laughs> I that's a good theory. So are you gonna say that's the that's true because of that? Uh, well, I already think it's true, but now I think it's true for different reasons. Ooh, nice. All right. So, which is the lie? Did you say, Matt? Uh, I think that the uh, that what is it? Flying the plane. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the lie. I'm gonna. I, okay. So, so Ksenia says they're all true. Anthony says the cruise ships <laughs> lie. You're gonna. You're voting for plane, and I'm gonna vote for the Turkish palace with my heart because oh, I wow. want that to be because it's a great lie. So I want that to be the lie. Um, thank you for donating, Layla. All right. Next up, Stacy from San Diego. Oh, wait, we don't find out. Uh, no. no, we don't know. <sighs> It's a very unsatisfying Call segment. Some some people tell me in the email, and then I just make you guys guess, and I tell <laughs> you the answer. Sometimes they don't tell me, and I, I should be more clear about that. That's on I me. That. <laughs> so, uh, Stacy. Oh, so first, Stacy said uh, sent this great email um, that was. I don't like to. You don't usually read emails that are complimentary to me because it feels gross. Um, but what I, I really liked about this email is that she just wanted to point out that every time I say something and no one laughs and I say, anybody? No, just me. She says, and me, because she has a similar Aww. sense of humor to me. Aww, and that's nice. I thought that was really sweet. And it, and so now I'm going to keep, I've done it all day today. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Even when you guys don't laugh, I hold. I'm holding for laughs every time. I'm letting Stacy <laughs> laugh every time. I'm giving space for her. Well, now now she's going to, you pointed out, she's going to feel real self-conscious about not laughing at everything, you know? She bet. Well, that's what's great about Stacy. She won't feel self-conscious. She'll do it just because she's laughing so naturally. So you got to leave a little space for the Holy Ghost and also Stacy. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard also laughs at everything I say, so I give him some room. Uh, he's got a room in like every city. Two, three, 
four. All right. And so, uh, uh, two truths alive from Stacy. Number one, I grew up in Idaho. Number two, I work for a shipyard. And number three, I can't swim. Oh, two and three, interesting combo. Yeah, right. Is there a right? shipyard that... in Idaho? Don't have. So she's rising. in San Diego now. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. Isn't I think isn't Boise Sea accessible? Uh, I, I, I think, think Idaho's so. landlocked, right? Yeah, I, Idaho is landlocked, but I think there's river. I think you can do. There's creeks uh, everywhere, Alex. No, but I think okay, but there's some some cities you can actually get to by boat, and some you can't from the ocean. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I would feel like this is this like one lie? of those. <laughs> <laughs> the lie was inside me the whole time. Maybe I'm making that up. I feel like there's some place that's like further in than you'd expect. Anyway, um, whatever. So she's currently in San Diego. That is why she's called Stacy from San Diego. So she grew up in Idaho, so she could work for a shipyard in San Diego. It's a big shipping town. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You can't swim. Right, so, but she could be like, maybe she's a drowning instructor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can hire her once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she teaches that class with vigor. and Taught. <laughs> she taught that class. <laughs> uh, I do feel like of the three of those, it's an interesting world where Idaho seems to rate up with an interestingness to those. I think go- it's a real like she tipped her hand with the first one by like the, the tipped her hand with the third one by saying the first one because I think they're they're related right. She grew up in Idaho, not around a lot of you know lakes or swimming pools. You just never learned how to swim. That might be I'm very reasonable about people you- of Idaho, but I don't know. I'm just okay. That- I just want to give you guys an update. Uh, Boise is in fact landlocked, however. Lewiston, Idaho has a seaport. It's the furthest inland shipping facility on the West Coast. Huh. So, there. So, I'm... Another point of data. Still wrong, but I was close. At least now you know what I was thinking. I don't know. You can go up the Columbia and the Snake Rivers. It's great. Um, Do you think maybe the first one is just sort of a trick? Like, she grew up in Iowa, and a lot of people get those two mixed up. So, she's trying to... Oh, I like that. That's a good reason to think that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say she can swim. I feel like most people, if you just throw them in a pool, would figure it out. I feel like most people who live outside of cities especially have learned to swim because they have more access to water that won't um, uh, inflame their skin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say that's the lie. Well, we'll never know. Uh, And then lastly today, uh, Graham McRae from Palmdale, California. I don't even know where that is. Is that real? Palmdale, California. Yeah, I could see it. Okay. Yeah, that's where Buffy lives, right? (laughs) (laughs) uh northern la county uh anyway so uh graham so graham and i have a long twitter history graham's been great about uh sending along fun facts for numbers although i think i lost him in like the 150s he got less knowledgeable about the numbers we were doing on the episode so uh but uh he has been uh uh he's been really fun to chat with all the time and uh he sent along i said two truths and a lie this is what he said here are some facts about me so is that a trick <laughs> or are all three of these true? Here are some things about Graham. When I was 14, I met 
uh, Bell Labs first woman scientist, Elizabeth A. Wood, on a plane, and she gave me a signed copy of her 1969 book, Science for the Airplane Passenger, after she overheard me explaining scientific factoids to my little brother. Hmm. Number two, while working at the ID at the IT department of Paramount Pictures, I was mowed down by Commander William T. Riker in full costume and makeup, riding his bicycle in the alley between the Zucker building and the executive parking lot. If these are lies, they're very elaborate. Yeah. There's yeah. With the yeah, that one seems weird because is there an alley between a building and a parking lot? It seems like that's just there's just more parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, while working as an intern doing computer programming at Bell Labs, ooh, two Bell Labs facts, mm. I would often pop up to the fifth floor of the building to ask uh, of building two to ask Dennis Ritchie to help me with my C programs. He was very patient with me. One of these three factoids is a lie. I'll tell you which one. That's a it lie. Was it was Riker. building four. <laughs> <laughs> I found out. He says the lie in that paragraph, so I just didn't break this out properly. Uh, it wasn't Riker, so sorry I spoiled that. Oh uh, man, I just yeah, that was I, a really bad reading I just gave of those two truths and a lie. <laughs> you guys didn't seem upset. I'm very embarrassed. Um, I, I don't. Which one was the lie? The Riker on the bike. Oh, okay. It was it was Chakotay. Chakotay. Hmm? Is this a Star Trek reference? Chekhov. Ch- <laughs> Close. I'm sure this is a great reference, Graham. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a Star Trek reference. It wasn't Riker. It was Chakotay. Chakotay? Sam, do you um, want to explain this one? I, I mean, I, I know... He's a big trackhead. <laughs> is it Chekhov? What, no, what is it... This? No, it's what's it? Choktoy? C-H-A-K-O-T-A-Y. Chakotoy. Okay. Uh, seventh season um, of Voyager. Portrayed by Robert Beltran. Yeah, Shasta McNasty when the walls fell. <laughs> I don't know what any of these things are saying. Anyway, sorry, Graham. Uh, I really screwed up your game. Anyway, now we know, not Riker. So um, he was very apologetic. I like that there, so, were, there, there were two facts in two different rounds about uh, women working in predominantly male fields, uh, especially blue-collar oh. fields, and I really respect that. Yeah, Stacy in, in the shipyard and mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth A. Wood... Uh, in bell labs yeah good yeah good work also it's fun that the two bell labs facts were true seems like a giveaway anyway <laughs> thank you so much graham uh from now on my official policy is any fact that involves bell labs must be true um so thank you uh graham and stacy and layla for uh donating to the show and for becoming a meat buddy you too can become a meat buddy you get to vote on topics and you get to play this or some other game we also do pep talks and uh, we also do compliment piles, so it's up to you. All of these available, uh, go to readdesk.com slash meat buddies. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. And now it's time for lightning bonus round. <laughs> That's the sound we usually make. Uh, it was close enough. We're going to the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round, here we go. We gotta finish this shit up. <laughs> lightning bonus round is our mini game segment. I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, the first up is our uh, a long-time game that we've played on the show, which is called How Would You Fail to Survive? So if you and your first cousin were stranded on an island from a young age, how would you... Because I assume we're not survivors. That's the point of this game is none of us... Usually the people I have on the show, <laughs> we're not really survivors. Um, in like, Especially in like horror movies, I would die very early on. Uh, presumably i would be like this is what i've always assumed i would get turned into a zombie very quickly and then the first zombie killed would also be me Mm. so i would i wouldn't even last long in my second opportunity 
So, uh, but how would you guys fail to survive on a desert island? What would be the hardest part? I think I would just be a really picky eater. Mm. Um, <laughs> as much as I love seafood, I just... I don't know. I mean, Matt knows I have like many rituals when we eat of the things that I slowly pick pick out of my mm-hmm. plate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would probably just end up eating coconut all day and get scurvy. I think I think that's the one thing you wouldn't get from coconut. Doesn't coconut have vitamin C in it? I don't think so. Oh, well, there are also a lot of bananas. I think you got to have citrus. Oh, so there's no vitamin C in bananas. Wait, you just switch it right up. I mean, they're both available. Are different from bananas, even though they're both kind of. Alex, two truths and a lies. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, so coconut Coconut has a thirteen milligrams of vitamin C. It's part. This explains a lot. (laughs) Let me draw a picture. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Coconuts are high in vitamin C. You're not going to get scurvy. Oh, great. Okay. All right, so that's one thing. Uh, and that, and okay, okay. Lewiston, Idaho, not landlocked. Okay, I th- I thought you already covered that because it's a port city. It is it's a port city. I'm just I'm just keeping you guys as a very okay. and, and Mel Gibson owns 403, in which there's water near near Lewiston. So it's still a port city. Like, it is. I'm just keeping. Sure, I'm just. No, it, it continues to be a port city. <laughs> this is the way learning works: is you have to get some repetition. <laughs> I'm just keeping you. Uh, I, don't, I want you to remember all the great facts you learned today, including Mel Gibson owns 403 acres, uh, and they're available for purchase in Costa Rica. And tell me more about coconuts. <laughs> High in vitamin C. You know, life moves pretty fast, but Lewiston <laughs> is going to be the same every five minutes forever. Okay, uh, so you, you picky eater. What's what's an example of something that you like? Uh, uh, maybe Matt tell us. He said she said you know. So what's a thing that she like ritualistically picks apart? Onions, onions, and anything. Oh, just um, taking onions out of stuff. Taking onions out of stuff, and she's really good at it. Uh, like she'll take it out of a stir fry, in which everything is kind of julienned, and, <laughs> and it's very impressive. And if I've cooked it, it's very frustrating. Because I want her to eat all of the things you... I put in there with love, uh, and she's picking out little bits of my love at a time. <laughs> I mean, at this point, shouldn't you know better than to put onions in? Uh, sometimes I try to trick her. <laughs> oh. oh, you I'm test like her a skills. Jewish grandmother. <laughs> so okay, even if my picky eating isn't the thing that kills me, it's irritating my partner who has cooked yeah. my food. Yeah, and I'm in the kitchen. There are knives. And now we know <laughs> that when you guys fight over onions, it's actually pent up sexual aggression. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes a lot hey, of sense. Matt, what would kill you on an island? Uh, well, in this case, I think that uh, when we're introduced to Patty the cook, he's a, a real freaker outer. He's kind of a scary dude. Um, yeah. And so I, it's only later, once they're on the island, that he sort of warms up to the kids and shows them how to survive and gives them all those skills that actually allows them to make it till almost the end of the movie. Although um, he doesn't share his lovemaking skills with them, and I think that's... I am so happy he doesn't. So <laughs> the, the, He the does share that... with them some dirty pictures, though, that yeah, helped yeah, him yeah. later. He, he, he implants the idea of... of the erotic in their minds Uh, unintentionally he's not there when it happens but i think that i would fail to survive because i would be totally freaked out to be in a boat with patty that i would in the chaos with the fog and the ship explosion and everything i would drown him 
And then when we reach the island, we, of course, would have no one to teach us life skills, and we'd die pretty quickly. That's interesting. I don't I don't want to give him too much credit for them surviving, because I felt like he was mostly a bad role model. No, I, I, don't I think know. he taught them he a taught lot. Them he taught them how to stuff. make knots, how to make a how to make a shelter, how um, to not eat poison berries most of the time. Well, Windwardly except word, poison yeah. berries. Just he called them go to sleep forever berries, and they turned out to actually just be go to sleep for a little while berries. So all he did is kept them from getting a good night's sleep non narcotically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have just. How many times can you you can't sleep because of the ritual suicide or ritual murders going on on the other side of the island and the drumming. You need to take some berries against, just to get through the night. keeping them alive for a little bit longer. He taught them how laws work. You just say a thing and it becomes a law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one old ass man says a thing and suddenly it's law. I mean, the way I would die would clearly be the uh, the fact that from a young age, I really did not like authority figures telling me not to do stuff. Um, so as soon as he was like, don't eat these berries or go to that island I'm, or go to that side of the island, I was like, well, I'm going to share these berries with those guys. You're like chugging berries as you run to the forbidden yeah. zone. Yeah. I'm just mixing a smoothie and running off <laughs> to get sacrificed. Uh, man, I would, the, the idea of like, we live on an island for 20 years with nothing to do or 10 years without anything to do during the day, but I can't explore the island. is just crazy talk. I'm definitely going to go try to make friends with that tribe and fail like I do most of the time I try to make friends. Sad turn on that joke. Anthony, how would you die? Yeah. Wait, I... wait, sorry, I'm going to hold for a uh, laugh one. <laughs> Anthony, how would you fail to survive? Uh, you know, I I would I was thinking about this and I was thinking probably my I I'm not good with knots. Never have mm. been, never will be. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of knots that go into building a nice shanty town. And if you're not going to have a nice <laughs> shanty like hut on the beach, what are you even doing? Um, but honestly, what I think what would be the thing that kills me is like in stories like this, they always grab something very early on that they use for the rest of their lives, right? So like early on, Patty grabs that trunk, and in that one trunk is everything they could possibly need. That the island can't provide, right? The 3D classic, images I mean, yeah, of a, getting, a couple getting married? Yeah, they're getting clothes they're constantly reusing later in life and finding different stuff on. Uh, and I just, in the panic of the boat thing, I would not think to grab that trunk. And that would certainly be the death of me. It was just the, the oh, not, you'd, not, you'd lose that early on. You'd lose during the shipwreck itself. Yeah, I'd probably. Well, I mean, here's the thing, man. If I ever go into the water, my best case scenario is a life of pie, right? I need a tiger in there to help me out, right? <laughs> oh, you know, that actually uh, reminds me. There's, there was a distinct lack of tiger pits in this movie. Yeah? That's how well, you protect yourself on an island. Well, yeah, you gotta. I mean, the thing is, they just didn't explore that other side. He was working on the spears. You know, we just never saw him. But build what if a pirates tiger pit? land there? You need to have a tiger pit. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, I guess for the, uh, I guess here's a question because I feel like I would definitely die quickly on an island now. I'd be so bad at surviving on this island now, but I do feel like I would have, strangely enough, been better as a kid. Hmm. I think I've gotten more easily grossed out and less interested in being uncomfortable. I hate being dirty now in a way that I didn't mind as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like part of me wants to think that I actually might have been better at this at their age than I would be now. Does that seem true to you guys? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would agree up until two years ago because having a child has made me 
far less of a germaphobe and far less picky oh, about yeah. things because it's like man if we get through the day and we get to go to sleep everything's fine and also like as long as none of us are like getting some sort of terrible soil disease like you eat that dirt like go get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i am so i sort of I, I'm glad for that. It does seem like parents have to get a little less germophobic. I, I see a lot of parents sometimes like eating like leftover food their kids ate half of, and I don't like other people's food, and it's a lot of gross things you have to do. Yeah, it breaks down all the uh, barriers you set up over your entire life. Instantly, you're just licking applesauce off of someone else's <laughs> face just just to get rid of it. <laughs> it's just the fastest way to get it out of there. Uh. What's uh, I guess question number two is because obviously you're strand there's people stranded on an island in this movie so we have to ask what are your top five desert island cousins to have sex with? Oh, wow. <laughs> My cousins, your cousins, anybody's cousins, anybody, anybody's cousins. Hmm. I've been working Cousin. on this list all my life. <laughs> Uh, cousin it from the Adams family he's got to be there sure yeah if you uh, like hand jobs that'd be yes. great <laughs> <laughs> if that was too fast it's because I oh cousin it's the hairy one I was wrong damn it uh what's the hand call this is the thing right yeah oh okay I Man, guess that um, joke is so much better if I got the right anyway I guess uh if I can go for a two for same yeah. time Larry and Belky. <laughs> oh, um, the situations so you would reference. get into <laughs> because yeah. it'd be like, on Meepos. well, I, I just like the idea that like Bulky would be like Larry, you now also the fish out of water. You know, uh, it'd be like a fun <laughs> twist on the dynamic of the show. Uh, I never saw Perfect Strangers, so this is uh, their cousins to each other, and so that's why you get to use them. Correct. Okay, yeah. just checking. Uh, and it's a fish out of water story. Uh, yeah, Belky is a, is a fish out of water, but I feel like sometimes, sometimes Larry, uh, his uh. boundaries get challenged a little bit. Oh, nice! You should watch yeah. the HBO show The Leftovers if you want a good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I read about strangers. that on Wikipedia, so I'm, I'm good. I got everything. I need <laughs> <in the> show. <laughs> a perfect Whenever strangers. a new show starts getting kind of popular, I Google title of that show mm. plus Perfect Strangers just to see if there's any like crossover theories. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Strangers does play a very important theme and role in the series of The Leftovers. Yeah, because sometimes the world looks perfect. Yep. <laughs> Nothing to rearrange. Um, uh, well, I don't actually want to do... Uh, I think I'm done with the cousins. That was a good enough joke. We're not going to do better than that. <laughs> um, I guess, So my last question for Lenny Bones Around is, say you were raising yourself without adults since you were five or ten or however old they were. Um, what do you think is the hardest thing to know? Like, what would be the thing that would be most difficult as a child not having parents there to explain it? Huh. I really think stuff like rockfish would really throw me for a little. Like, I, I don't know if I'd be able to grasp, like, oh, I shouldn't step on that unless, you know, oh, yeah. you step on it and die, right? You kind of need that sort of shared knowledge. I uh, mean, the fact that they don't die from a million tiny medical things is really shocking. 
Yeah, it's almost like some sort of iron deity was watching <laughs> over them, protecting them, <laughs> keeping them safe for his own sinister needs. All right, all right. I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it there because we gotta get moving. So now it's time for a minor compliment. That was lightning bonus round. Uh, you could play along with lightning bonus round. Usually, I try to post questions ahead of time on Facebook and Twitter, and on our on our website. I'm working on a new place on the website where you can play lightning bonus round ahead of time. So that'll be coming up on readnestweep.com. Now it's time for a minor compliment. We're gonna reverse order. Matt, that means you're up first. What's your last nice thing you have to say about the Blue Lagoon? Um, I guess I uh, I really liked that their shelter survived through the end. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of times in these movies, there's this like sort of arbitrary big storm that wipes out the shelter and all that hard work and all the cool stuff like the slide and the swing and everything. And by um, arbitrary, you mean like normal weather phenomenon that would happen at least once in 10 years yes because there's nothing that wipes out anything in this in 10 years this is a beautiful island they don't even have predators uh yes i just just liked how uh the living was easy yeah yeah (laughs) i like that too a lot of Um, suspect things going on here (laughs) my minor compliment is uh we mentioned earlier on that it's kind of like a nature documentary it showed a lot of lovely island living stuff and my favorite thing is it actually had a nature documentary quality to it i'm sure you guys saw this on wikipedia as it turned out, one of the iguanas filmed in Fiji was a species hitherto unknown to biologists. Wow. Wow. So the filming of this movie in, in Fiji, they actually discovered a new species of iguana that had never been filmed before. That's pretty so, cool. For yeah. science. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's my minor compliment. Ksenia, you're next. Um, I... I mean, it was really a showcase for Brooke Shields. <laughs> uh, really showed a lot I mean, of Brooke Shields. Again, I'm I'm a little bit worried about getting on that list because my recent <laughs> viewing uh, on Amazon has been like Minions and this. Um, oh. So I don't really, uh, I don't know where that puts me, but she's so beautiful, <laughs> even as a child. And, um, she... you know. Wait a second. So this movie came out in 1980. Yeah, she was 14 when she made this. She was actually 14 when she was yeah. naked in it? No, yeah. no. She's never actually naked in the movie. It was a body double. Oh. Uh, that's what they said, at least. She had to testify. Yeah, she really? testified in front of Congress, which, if that's if that's a lying performance, that's impressive. And she, we already know, is a great actress. And she's a greater actress for lying to Congress. They emphasize that. Oh, man. I didn't even... I just skimmed over this yeah. part. Uh... I didn't even. I didn't even do the math. I just assumed I was like, well, they must be eighteen at the time of the movie. Um, yeah, wow. if, this really goes to show like what like a big Hollywood hit can get a director. Like this guy made Grease, and they were like, you can make whatever you want next. And he's like, I want to take a bunch of children to the jungle <laughs> island, and I want to film them naked. And everyone was like, uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> he just he had all that juice. Well, like, the weird thing is, Greece is ostensibly about a bunch of children, except they're played by thirty something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's I what I sort really of assumed what was going on here. With... There was no honesty in my last film. I need some truth. <laughs> Man, so I guess my compliment is to the editors who made the nudity seem seamless. Uh, as much emphasis as there was that there was a body double yeah, involved. I mean... I believe that there probably was a body double, at least for most of it. Um, and I knew that ahead of time, and I couldn't see the cuts uh, clearly. Like, they did a nice job, as Ksenia said, making it kind of seamless. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I did like that one transition from the children to adult. It was like an underwater uh, oh, yeah. oh, cross yeah, yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good uh, editing job right there. You don't yeah. think that was your, your demon uh, <laughs> aging them rapidly just to move uh, things along? That could have been. I mean, see, there's so many unanswered questions in this movie. That was all in camera. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she must have been then playing herself when the with but with hair glued to her breasts the whole yes. time. Yes, because that's yeah. that was one thing that I thought was weird about the sexuality is like how could he be that attracted to her when she's always got hair glued to her her nipples? It just seems like it'd be a real <laughs> turn off. And you also, know, Alex, it's the nipples you don't see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you guys know like when they like it's obviously implied when they start having sex, but there's no like first sex scene. You know, like they, we they don't have make them like out. waking up afterwards. Yeah, yeah but they I don't. But it's like, it's like it's like the first time they've really kissed. And but I didn't feel like, I don't know. I felt like it wasn't quite like. It was just yeah, like, I'm oh, sure. she's pregnant now. Huh. I think. So you wanted to like see actual penetration? Is that? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying like the so way. So it sounds like what you're saying. <laughs> the way the rest of the movie portrayed like they're sort of. Like, their actual sexuality for a movie that's ostensibly, like, a coming-of-age thing is, like, it's mostly, like, kissing and then, like, cutting away with just implied. It's just not as, like, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't say it needed to be more graphic, but more, like, explicit. Like, this is what they're doing now. I, I thought it was kind of <laughs> weird and vague. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the shooting script now, Control-F, putting in Pound Town, <laughs> and it does not appear at all. Zero results. I well, think that might be a newer phrase. I think back yeah. then they they might have called it something else. Yeah, check for slam the clams. See if that's <laughs> they definitely do that, but I don't think in the way you're saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's probably it's probably hidden in the. You want to look in the stage direction too, not the dialogue. You know, it's going to be in brackets. You might <laughs> slam the clam was just actually them eating. Yeah, just a classic <laughs> island eating scene. Anthony, your minor compliment time. Okay, I really enjoyed watching that baby swim i had never seen a baby swim before but it is like i've like you said i've he mentioned i've seen the nirvana cover but yeah watching that baby swim was like one of the most adorable ridiculous looking things i've ever seen in my entire life and apparently babies just naturally do that like my fiance was saying like yeah like babies just know how to swim instinctively so apparently you can just find footage of a lot of baby and just like, the way he was like splashing and like just like effortlessly kind of just staying afloat i just think that was adorable i really like that sequence um, do you also I, like I the agree. baby's uh nudity or uh, was that a much older body double as well <laughs> uh, i mean 40 year old man yeah. <laughs> it was seamless that's what i liked about it how quickly it cut between that baby and a 40 year old naked man <laughs> everybody that is it for our show thank you so much for listening we're gonna be back again next week next week uh we are talking about i think we're talking about the hunt for red october so uh there was some there was a a last minute change of gears on what we're talking about uh because of uh the way the meat buddy voting system works and there was tags and it was a slight mix-up but anyway so uh, we are going to be watching The Hunt for Red October, which I just absolutely love. So I think it's going to yeah. be super fun. I'm very and, much looking forward to that. And I think, what is Wet Month without a submarine movie? And 
Uh, yeah. So also we might have the return of wet news because there's submarine related news in the news right now. So we got a lot to lot to look forward to next week. I thought you were yeah. gonna say it was wet month without Alec Baldwin and Sean Connery steamy glares looking at each other. I mean, yeah, I'm, just, I'm getting my glasses are fogging just thinking about it. Young Alec Baldwin really floods my basement. Dude. I just I can't can't even get over how good he looks in that movie. You know, with uh, your organs, that might be not great. Yeah, it's not a good sign. You might you might just have peed. <laughs> Isn't really, that how it works? Really peed my basement. All right. Uh, anyway, so uh, get Wednesday wet. That's coming up next week. And Meat Buddies uh, can go in and keep. I, I think we have one, you know, we'll have one more topic for, for what month. So last chance to vote for that. And also, this is time to sign up because Meat Buddies get early access to sponsorships for Sponstember. Pew, pew, pew. Redistribute.com slash Meat Buddies. Um, thanks for being here. Oh, so, and, and thank you to our Meat Buddies, speaking of which, Layla from Baltimore, Stacy from San Diego, and Graham from Palmdale. You guys are the best. I really appreciate your generosity with the show. Uh, thank you for being here at Anthony Lopez Part 2. Thank you for having me. At Matt Carmen, really looking forward to what the thing is that'll get him out of tweet retirement. Uh, yeah, this is great. Um, maybe I'll tweet towards the end of October. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find <laughs> Let's hang on. Uh, and Ksenia Yeroch uh, from Bonnie and Maud, which is still available. Uh, you should go to the podcast. On iTunes and all kinds of podcatchers and yeah. bonnieandmaud.com. Yeah. Um, uh, t- okay, so for people who don't know, tell us about, t- remind us what Bonnie and Maud is. Uh, it's a femme-centric film podcast. Uh, some of the episodes are funny. Um, some are serious. It's uh, always an interesting conversation about movies and gender and stuff. Definitely some stuff. stuff. <laughs> it, it, I don't know why you felt like you had to have a third thing. I think it's mostly about movies and gender, but it can be stuff too if you want. Yeah. Um, we also, yeah, we did a one of our pod crawls um, from uh, what year was this? I don't even remember. Um, but our, our our second some years ago, some years ago, our second po- ever pod crawl, um, which is where we. Uh, com- reviewed trilogies in combination with other podcasts. We did the '90s Batman's with you, and you guys watched Batman Returns. Talk a lot about Catwoman. Yeah, that was that was a really fun episode to do. That was a fun crawl as a listener. I, uh, I liked all three of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, that was. And then uh, proudly resents uh, watch. We watched Batman Forever and proud, proudly resents watch Batman and Robin. And uh, that is all available on Podcrawl.space. Wait, still. One second, one second. You considered the Batman trilogy, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin? That is a group of Batman movies that we watched together. <laughs> I was like the idea, like, no, no, we don't count Batman 89. The true trilogy begins with Returns. The true narrative of you want to see is Returns, the Batman and Robin. We only wanted to watch rubber-nippled Batmans that were funny to talk about. This is what we got. As with like Looney Tunes not really coming into their own until they put on backwards jeans and yeah. cocked hats. Yeah. Uh, the Batman movies didn't develop until the nineties. They really kicked off. <laughs> I don't I mean I'm so like now I'm super embarrassed because I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's so well, what are you gonna say about nineteen eighty nine Batman? Like shit, this is a good movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just like calling it the trilogy. Like, I want someone just to sell that box set, the Batman trilogy, and have it just be those three films. It's literally three movies. Uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs>
I yeah, thank you, Matt. You said it was fun as a listener. That's all that matters. We also yeah, pod, pod crawl. By the way, we'll be coming back later in the year. We have another big pod crawl coming up that I'm excited to to reveal when that happens. Can you but, tease it? Um, I just did. Oh, but the content? Of no, it? no, we, I, we, ha- we haven't okay. decided on it yet. Actually, we'll, t- we'll I'll take nominations. I don't know what the next... We've talked to the podcast, not the content. As a listener, I'm very excited for this. It's so fun. And what I love about it is it's the laziest cross-promotion ever because we don't actually really communicate. We don't go on each other's shows. We're just like, let's just uh, agree to talk about these in order. So it's a very low-maintenance sort of working together. But we watched, yeah, the last one we did was uh, a year and a half ago now, where we watched the Look Who's Talking trilogy. Unless Anthony thinks there's one of those that counts. I didn't we know start- they made a third one of those. We started at Look Who's Talking too. <laughs> no, uh, we watched Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking 2, and then Look Who's Talking Now, which is the one where the dogs talk. Oh my god, they made that movie, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, I know, you thought that was just a bad dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, if people say Hollywood is creatively bankrupt now, it's always <laughs> The original. And then there's everybody's talking at me, where one man can hear all of their voices. Oh. Well, also there's the original pod crawl we did the the Star Wars prequels, which are Anthony's favorite Star Wars films. Um. Yep, that one in Rogue One. You know, I love my prequels. There's been four good Star Wars movies. One, two, three, and eight. (laughs) Seven. Roving eight. Anyway, uh, sorry, that was a long way to go. So, uh, Bonnie and Maud, uh, dot com. Uh, thank you all. You guys were great. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye.